all month. Thank you for giving us understanding to your word. We appreciate it, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We appreciate you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. All right, so this month we are looking at understanding the new covenant prayers. Understanding the new covenant prayers. Now this topic is very important and I believe this is in my own, in my own, in my own opinion, this is the most important topic in the Bible. This is this is my own opinion. Some people can bring in other half, but this is for me. Prayer is the most important subject. And I believe the reason why people don't even think prayer is the most important subject is because they don't even understand it. This month we are going to look at the difference between the Old Testament prayers and the New Testament prayers. Hallelujah. We are going to do a contrast between the two covenants when it comes to prayers. And until we begin to have the mentality of the new covenant prayers, we will be praying old, test, old covenant prayers and it will be affecting the results. The results will not be much. Praise the Lord. Prayer is one of the most misunderstood topics in the body of Christ. Few people in the body of Christ really have understanding of what prayer is. Prayer is one area, in fact, prayer is the only area to prove the God that we are serving. It is the only area to manifest God. And I believe that as a Christian, if you want to successfully walk with God, then you have to understand prayer. You have to understand what prayer is. Especially the New Testament prayer. Praise the Lord. There are Old Testament prayers and there are New Testament prayers. There are prayers in the Old Testament that we the believers have. For example, how many of you remember the prayer of Jabez? Even there's a book written. The prayer of Jabez. And how many of you remember Elijah praying again and again and again until the rain came? Remember that prayer? How many of you remember uh, Abraham? Abraham interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen? Now, those prayers are very wonderful. They are very wonderful. They are the Bible. They give us a clue. They give us a picture of what our God can do. But as a new covenant person, as a new covenant believer, those prayers are no longer valid. In fact, you can call them aspire prayers. For example, Jabez prayed that God will indeed bless him. Is that not what he said? He said, God will indeed bless him. God will indeed bless him. Then you see New Covenant, uh, uh, New Testament believers, New Covenant believers also pray the same way Jabez prayed. That God will indeed bless him. Please look for that scripture for me and let's read it. Because it's one, one, it's one great example before we go into the foundation of this message. We are going to lay the foundation today. Praise the Lord. The prayer of Jabez. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Read it, if you, or just give me the scripture. Yes, that's what I'm saying. 
First Chronicles chapter 4. There are many prayers in the Bible, but I'm just using this one as an example. Praise the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 4. Open your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 4. Verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the name of called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, that thy hand might be upon me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, this is just one of many examples in the Bible, but I'm just going to use this to give you a clue. This is an Old Testament prayer that as a new covenant, you have no business praying this prayer. You have no business doing what? You have, you see, until, until we think deeply, there are some certain things that were handed over to us, and we will, be, we will do it not just because we think, not that because we know it is right, but because they've handed it over to us. Praise the Lord. So, Jebus, you see, Jebus is saying that God, he, he said that, that would just bless me indeed. That would just do what? Bless me indeed. In the new covenant, you can't say if God will bless me indeed. In the new covenant, you are already blessed. Hallelujah. In the new covenant, you are already what? You are already blessed. That is the difference. The old covenant, they could pray such prayers because the covenant was not finalized. The blessings were not finalized. It, it, it wasn't. In the new covenant, blessings are finalized. Blessings are what? Your blessings have been finalized in the new covenant. That is one mentality we need when we are praying the new, in, in this covenant. Blessings are finalized. Blessings are finalized. In the new covenant, blessings are finalized. Praise the Lord. All right. So there's a vast difference. You study the way people pray, the way Daniel prayed, the way Moses prayed, all these people, they, were, they prayed under the old covenant, not under the new covenant. Praise the Lord. They prayed under the what? Under the old covenant. And so when we are teaching prayers, we will use people like Daniel, people like Moses, and Elijah, and we use them as an example of the prayers that we, the New Testament believers, should be praying. Praise the Lord. So you can see, you can see that that's the reason why there's so much not many believers in the New Covenant are getting results in prayers. Not many believers in the New Covenant are getting results in prayers because we are New Covenant believers. Praying old covenant way of prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First of all, let's get this straight as we go deep into the message. God is always answering prayers. We have to have that in mind. God what? God always answers prayers. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at this test, this uh, um, scripture that was pointing to the New Testament. Let's go to Psalm 65. Psalm 65. The mindset of the New Covenant believer must change. Psalm 65. Praise the Lord. Verse 1 to 4. Praise waited for thee, O God, in Zion. 
And we know that Mount Zion refers to what? The church. So you can see that this is a prophetic sound pointing to the what? The dispensation of the church. There was no Zion in the old covenant. It was a picture. After the new covenant, Zion is established according to Hebrews chapter 12. But ye are come to Mount Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed. O that thou hearest prayers, unto thee shall all flesh come. So number one, God is God hears prayers. God is always answering prayers. Let's establish that. Praise the Lord. Alright. Look at verse 3. Iniquity prevail against me. As for our transgression, thou shalt purge them away. We know this became a reality in the new covenant. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou chooses and causes to approach unto him that he may dwell in that cause, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of the house, even of the holy temple. Praise the Lord. He said, Blessed is the man whom thou chooses and causes to approach unto him. You see, in the old covenant, they could not approach God. The only person who could approach God was the high priest. The only person who could enter into the holders of all was the high priest. That is why, if you go back to our last month teaching on the covenant, it's so important that because of the new covenant, we have access to what? To the holders of all. We have access to God. Here's the psalmist by prophetic eyes or the prophetic vision of the psalmist. He said, blessed is the man. Praise the Lord. Now, in the old covenant, do we have access to the throne room of grace? Do we have access into the holy, the holy of holies? Do we have access to enter boldly? Then we are the blessed man here. Praise the Lord. Look at it. Blessed is the man whom thou chooses and causes to approach unto thee. So in the new covenant, God has chosen us. We are chosen. God has caused us to approach unto him. God has caused us to come unto him. That mentality has to be established. And the scripture says, blessed is the man. Hallelujah. Blessed is who? The man. So in the new covenant, you are blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. You are what? Blessed. You are blessed. That has to be established. Now, do you notice that the next sentence said here, it says that he may dwell in the cause. That is in the house of God. He may dwell in the inner place, in the inner secret place. You remember Psalms 91? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most I shall abide. So in the new covenant, we are chosen. God has caused us to approach unto him that we may dwell in the holiest of all and was dwelling in the holiest of all. Notice the next thing. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of the house. Hallelujah. Even of the holy temple. Praise the Lord. So may as a new covenant believer, I am satisfied with the goodness of the house of God. Even of the holy temple. You see, so in the new covenant, prayer is abiding in the house of God. Abiding in the holiest of all. That is what prayer is. In the new covenant. In the new covenant, prayer is abiding in the holiest of all. Abiding in the throne room of grace. Staying there. Entering there. That is what prayer is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, 
we are laying the foundation, so I don't want to be ahead of myself to, to say certain things. Praise the Lord. Please have this understanding. Prayer is dwelling in the holiest of all. Prayer is dwelling in the throne room of grace. That is what prayer is. And if we don't have this mentality, we will limit prayer to asking and receiving. We will limit prayer to what? To asking and receiving. And that is the reason why the New Testament believers seems not to be getting results in prayers. Because all we know is ask and receive. Ask and receive. That's all that we have been told. Prayer is more than that. Praise the Lord. So let's establish this. In the new covenant, God has caused us to approach unto him. He has chosen us. And because we are dwelling in the holiness of all, we are satisfied with the goodness of his house, even of the holy temple. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me go further to define prayer. Prayer is executing the will of God here on earth. Prayer is what? Executing the will of God here on earth. So prayer is dwelling in the holiest of all, dwelling in the inner course of God, and executing the will of God here on earth. Hallelujah. Don't ever define prayer as God doing something for you. That is the reason why we are weak in prayers. The New Testament believer is weak in prayers because we have limited prayer to asking God to do things for us. That is why we are weak. We don't know to ask, we don't know how to dwell in the presence of God. We don't know how to assess the counsel of God. That is not prayer. That is not prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer is executing the will of God. Doing the will of God here on earth. Prayer is carrying out the will of God. Prayer is carrying out the will of God. That is prayer. Unfortunately, the New Testament is still dwelling and praying the Old Testament prayer. In the Old Testament, it was about asking and receiving. Asking and what? And receiving. So Jabez prayed, Lord bless me indeed. Make me great. And the Lord granted him that request. And yet, you see, the New Testament believer praying that same prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said, but Jesus said it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, ask and you shall receive. Praise the Lord. May I tell you, when Jesus was saying this, Jesus was still ministering under the old covenant. Yeah, most people will argue, they say, but that is New Testament. Yes. Jesus did not minister in the, under the new covenant. Jesus ministered under the old covenant. What Jesus did was to straighten things in the old covenant to bring the law into full perfection and to full completion. To bring everything that the prophets were trying to tell us into full completion. That's what Jesus did. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Prayer is more than asking and receiving. Prayer is executing the will of the Father here on earth. If, if you understand that, it will change everything you see about prayer. It will change the way you pray. It will change the way you approach God. Prayer is you executing the will of God here on earth. Prayer is worship, absolute worship, total worship. That is what prayer is. Praise the Lord. Prayer is fellowshipping with the Father. Prayer is what? Fellowshipping with the Father. Worshipping. Fellowshipping with the Father. For example, Jesus made a statement in 
John chapter uh, John chapter four. If you remember Jesus and the Samaritan woman, what was this? What was their conversation? The conversation was that the woman told Jesus. He said, "Now you said we must go to Jerusalem and worship." And Jesus said, "A time is coming. A time is coming." So this is. You need to understand what Jesus said. Jesus wasn't saying now is the time. He said, a time is coming where true worshippers will no longer worship where? In Jerusalem. So you, that statement to, is telling you that Jesus was talking about the manifestation of the new covenant. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to, let, let's go to John chapter 4. So th there are some teachings that Jesus said. Well, if you read the, uh, the Gospels, there are some statements in the Gospels. A lot of people are still finding it difficult to accept that there were statements referring to the Old Covenant. John chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Verse 21. Verse 19. Look at what the, the Samaritan woman said. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And he said that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Because Jerusalem was the only place that contained the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant. And only the high priest could go there. That was why that place was what? The place of worship. Jesus said unto the woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. He said, The time is coming. The hours is, the hour is coming. So Jesus was referring to the new covenant. Jesus was referring to the execution of the new covenant. That as the new covenant is executed, men will no longer worship in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Men will no longer want worship in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. But look at what he said here. Verse 22 going. You worship, you don't know what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. You see that? Now, so if you want to say Jesus ministered in the old covenant, this statement here is no longer valid. Salvation is not of the Jews only. It is not to every man. That's what Paul said. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation to those who believe, to the Jewish first and the Greek, the Gentiles. But here you see Jesus talking about salvation, limiting it to what? To only the Jewish people. Praise the Lord. So there are some things that Jesus said about prayer. That if you notice, if you notice it, it has to do with the old covenant. Is that to do with what? With the old covenant. Praise the Lord. Salvation is of the Jews. That was an old covenant statement. But the hour comes, and that is where the two worshippers shall worship the Father. In spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. God is a spirit, and those that worship God, they must worship him in spirit, and they must worship him in truth. To tell you the truth about prayer in the new covenant is worshiping the Father. Prayer is what? Worshipping the Father. And it is in this prayer session that the will of God is executed. It is in this session that the plan of God is revealed. It is in this session that God makes his counsel known to man. But because we have limited our prayers to the old covenant of asking and receiving, we don't spend time with the Father to know His mind. We don't spend time with the Father to get His counsel. We don't spend time with the Father to be able to execute His word here on earth. So prayer has been reduced. 
prayer in the old covenant has been reduced to the new covenant. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's go to Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 5. I'll read this thing so quick. Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 going. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as hypocrites are, for the Lord to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto thee, or unto you, they have their rewards. So here, Jesus was talking about this prayer based on the old covenant. The Pharisees were the ones who lost standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the street. The Pharisees were the ones who loved to do that. He said they have their reward already. Amen. Verse 6. But that when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray unto the Father which is in the secret. And the Father which is in the secret, sees in the secret, shall reward thee openly. When you pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathen do, for the thing that they shall be heard, for their mouth speaketh. So Jesus was giving illustrations here on how they should go. So in, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was straightening up the old covenant prayer for them. Jesus was doing what? Jesus was straightening up the old covenant. Because the Pharisees were the ones who loved to stand in the synagogues, who loved to stand at the street, praying and bowing their head, making everybody to know that they were very prayerful. Jesus, so if you look at what Jesus is saying here, he was straightening up the prayers in the old covenant. Praise the Lord. Even though this is the New, this is New Testament, what Jesus was talking here was referring to the Pharisees and how they prayed. He was not referring to we the new believers, the new covenant believers, what, how we are going to pray. And this will sound so hard. Many, many people will not want to receive it, but that's the truth. That's the truth. That's why we Christians, we look like we are... In fact, do you notice this one? Look at the first word Jesus used here. Verse 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as what? Hypocrites. Do you know that many Christians, majority of us are hypocrites when it comes to prayers? We tell people how God can do everything, how God can do this, God. And yet, when we are put to test, most of the times we are found wanting. Most of the times. Because we don't understand what prayer is. We don't understand it. Hallelujah. What Jesus was saying here was he was straightening them up. Yes, there were some things that, that had to do with the new covenant, but most of the things here was to straighten the old covenant way of praying. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, do not be like what? Verse 7. Do not be like the hidden. Do not use vain repetitions. Verse 9, verse 8. He said, Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Now, this verse 8 is so important. The father knows you have need of it. Amen. Your father knows that you have what? need of it. This is another mentality that has to be washed away because most Christians believe that the God doesn't even know what they need. So they have to go and ask, they have to do acrobatics, they have to do all kinds of things to get God's attention. He said, God knows. Praise the Lord. God what? God knows. If in the old covenant God knows their needs, God knows what they needed, how much more in the new covenant? Hallelujah. How much more in the new one? In the new covenant. How much more in the new covenant? Look at Psalm 23 carefully. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What is the next sentence in Psalm 23? He, he does what? Did you, did you see Psalm, in Psalm 23? Did you see where he said at? Did you see where Psalm 23? There's an action. He said, the Lord, Psalm 23 is a Psalms of one, a prophetic Psalm about the new covenant. He's talking about the new covenant. So in the new covenant, prayers has been changed. It's not, it is no longer asking and receiving this thing. We have to change this thing. This will sound very controversial. This topic will sound very controversial, but we need to change the way we do things. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down. Did you see that? He makes me to do what? To lie down. In green what? That's what provisions. Do you notice that he ended that by saying that surely goodness and mercies will do what? Will follow me. So if you understand the new covenant prayers, you will notice that action and receiving was basically for the Old Testament. Action and receiving was basically for what? For the Old Testament. It was basically for the Old Testament. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 23, even though it's in the Old Testament, wasn't meant for the Old Testament. It was meant for us. The Lord was giving us a picture of the reality of the new covenant that we are going to be entering. Did you notice what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4? He said, But my God, Shall what? Shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. So have this mentality that in the old covenant, whatever thing they desire, he said, God knows the things that they needed. He knows, he knows, he knows what they wanted, he knows what they needed. In the old covenant, he knows. And they, when they asked, God did it for them. Praise the Lord. God did it for them. However, prayers in the New Testament have changed drastically. After Acts of the Apostles, read it, read the rest of the writings of the Apostles, and you, and I'll ask you one question. Find a, look at the prayers they prayed. Look at the prayers they prayed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The New Testament believer has reduced prayer to material things. The New Testament believer has reduced prayer to asking and receiving. And that is why we are so helpless in prayers. That is why the presence of God is not abiding the way it should abide. That is why the power of God is not manifesting. Because as long as prayer is asking and receiving, we have limited the presence of God from manifesting. Praise the Lord. But in Psalm 23, sorry, in Psalm 65, we are told that blessed is the man that God chooses and causes to approach unto him. This man is dwelling in the course of God. So the New Testament believer in prayers must be dwelling in the secret place of God where the presence of God is poured upon him, where the power of God is poured upon him, where the shikana glory of God runs upon him. That is the truth. In fact, let me say this. Everything you need is in the presence of God. Are, are you getting me? Amen. Thank you. Everything you will need is where? It's in the presence of God. I don't care how material that thing is. It's in the presence of God. It's in the presence of God. Everything you will need as a New Testament believer, everything in the Old Testament, they didn't have access to the presence of God like you and I. They did not. The presence of God was shut up in a place. Only the high priest could go there. Only the high priest could go there. But in the New Covenant, we have access to the presence of God we have access to the holiness of all. We have access to the throne room of grace. 
when you enter there, everything you need is there. It's inside there. Everything you need is in the presence of God. All the finances you need is in the presence of God. The healing you need is in the presence of God. The husband you need is in the presence of God. The wife, the children, everything you need is in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't let us behave like the Old Testament believers. So here you will see Jesus saying this, your father knows what you need before you may ask. Then he said, after this manner, when you pray, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at this morning, Jesus gave us something so powerful. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, here Jesus was giving us a problem. Jesus was not taking us to another dimension. He was praying, even though he was stretching out the old covenant prayers. But you see that the first two sentences, Jesus is talking about the Father, hallowing the Father, worshiping the Father. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the will of God. Praise the Lord. Now, even though he said, give us this day our daily bread, you will notice that it is just a short sentence. It just, it's just something, it's the smallest sentence in that prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Then he went back into the kingdom. He went back into the will of God. Look at it. Look at it. After he said that, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. You study this prayer. You see that action is so small. The rest has to do with the Father. The rest has to do with worship. The rest has to do with executing the will of God. Executing the will of God. Praise the Lord. John Wesley said, It seems God will do nothing. I said someone, ask him. I said someone, what? Ask him. Let me put it this way. The will of God cannot be executed here on earth without prayer. The will of God cannot be made manifest in nations without prayer. The will of God cannot be made manifest in the lives of individuals without prayer. The reason why we are material-minded in prayer is because we don't know how to execute God's will. So we are minded. You see, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want what? That is what? Leading you, directing you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. So you will notice that in the new covenant, the most important thing for you is to come to a point where you are in the presence of God and God leading you. When God is leading you, you don't have time for material things. Because in his leadings, the material things comes. In his leadings, material things follows. In his leadings, whatever material thing you desire, it comes. Praise the Lord. When God led Elijah to the wilderness, were the ravens not there to feed him? When God led Elijah to the widow in Zarephath, didn't the flood and the oil sustain them? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, prayers have changed drastically. So if you start from Romans going, you will see where the apostles were talking about their material needs. 
But you will see prayers that the apostles were praying for the church different from what we are praying right now. Hallelujah. Different from what we are praying right now. Let's go to Psalms 84. Let's establish the man of God for us. Psalms 84. Psalms 84 verse 10 to 11. Let me just start from verse 8. Or verse 9. So verse, uh, verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appeared in Zion before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give your O God of Jacob, Salah. Verse 9. O God, our shield, look upon the face of their anointed. Look upon where? The face of their anointed. Alright. For a day in that course is better than a thousand. A day where in the course of God, you see the word course was used in the Old Testament because the, whole, the way to the holiness has not been established. The course of God here is talking about dwelling where? In the holiest of all. He said dwelling in the holiest of all in one day is better than a thousand years on earth. Yet the New Testament believer is dwelling, is, is, is is not finding way into the holiest of all. May I tell you this? When you begin to experience the holiest of all, you will lose interest in all these material things that people have. You know the reason why many preachers are so corrupt today? In the course of these things of material needs. Corruption has set into the church today because men don't understand what prayer is. Sin has entered into the church today because we don't understand what prayer is. Hallelujah. Alright. For a day in that course is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. The Lord will give what? Grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Here, do you see? And what would the Lord give? You see, I told you something. In the old covenant, you will see the new covenant inserted in the old covenant. He said, The Lord will give grace and glory. What would the Lord give? Grace. So, in the new covenant, God is giving grace. God is giving glory. And once grace and glory is given, you will not lack anything. You will do what? You won't lack any anything. And the reason why the new covenant prayers is different from the old covenant prayers is that it they deal, they blessings, everything, the plan of redemption has been fully consummated. Everything has been given. Praise the Lord. So the new covenant believer must understand that he is not the old covenant believer asking and asking and asking to receive. No. In the new covenant, grace and glory has been given. No, he said, no good thing would the Father withhold from those that walk uprightly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. May I say this? If we don't understand the mind of God for prayers in the old, in the new covenant, will we hinder revival? Will we hinder so many souls from coming to church? Will we hinder multitudes from being drawn to church? Prayers in the new covenant cannot be like the old covenant. Men are selfish. The old covenant prayers mostly were selfish prayers. They were what? They were selfish prayers. Because it was all asking and receiving. Ask 
and receive. Knock, the door will open. It was all material. It was all personal. It was just having something to satisfy yourself. The new covenant prayers have changed drastically. It has changed. Praise the Lord. Because we are under grace, because the glory of God has been given to us, if you walk according to the word of God concerning the new covenant, things will begin to fall in line for you. All your needs will be supplied according to the word of God. All your needs will be what? Will be supplied according to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Let me show you this. Luke chapter 11. Now, We are reading Matthew chapter 6. Is that not it? If you go to Matthew chapter 7, you see Jesus talking about what? Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will open. Everybody who asks will receive it. He went on to talk about all these things about receiving. Now go to Luke. I want, to see, I want you to see the account of Luke. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 11. Look chapter 11. Praise the Lord. Verse 12 and 13. Let me start from verse 10. For everyone that asks receiveth, and he that seek findeth, and to him that knock it shall be opened. Verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will him give him a stone? Or if he asks fish, will he give him? Will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then be evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Okay. So here, Jesus, Jesus is talking about prayer. Jesus is talking about prayer here. Asking and receiving. Asking and receiving. No, you receive. Ask, you will receive. If your father, if your child asks you for this, would you give him that? Here, he now concluded, how much more shall your father do what? Give the Holy Ghost to those who ask. Do you see that that has changed the dynamics of what Jesus was talking about? So in other words, even if he studied the, 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 the teachings of Jesus on prayer, they asked him there. And receiving them has to do with the Holy Spirit. Are you getting it? It has to do with what? The infilling of the Holy Spirit. It has to do with the, 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 the greater dimensions of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit comes to us in stages. In stages. Look, let me submit to you. Prayer is not asking God for material things. It's a wrong definition. I don't care how you look at it. Prayer is not asking God for material things. Let's get it straight. Prayer is not what? It's not asking God for material things. That is not prayer. If that is prayer, let me tell you, God still not command advance. Because Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will. Look at the next word. Thy will be done here on earth as it is well in heaven. That is what prayer is. Prayer is the will of God being done here on earth. Let me conclude this way. Let me conclude this way. Prayer is the will of God being done in Washington. Being done in... Prayer is President Biden doing the will of God. It doesn't matter who is the president. Prayer is Congress doing the will of God. Prayer is the governor doing the will of God. Prayer is the president of Ghana, the president of Nigeria, the president of all the world, all the countries of the world. Do you want doing the will of God. Prayer is the authorities, those who are in authorities doing the will of God. That is what prayer is. 
and this can only be possible for it is only possible when you and I will pray. Hallelujah. It's only possible when we do what? When we pray. That's why I said prayer is executing the will of God here on earth. For you to be able to pray that way, Jesus said, ask and you receive. What are you to ask? To ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He said, grace and glory will he what? Will he give? Is that not it? Grace, and we know grace. Well, anytime you talk about grace, you are talking about the manifestation of the Spirit of God. That's the essence of the new covenant. Hallelujah. Until if we don't change this mentality, I'm telling you, there are some things that will happen on this earth that believers will be solely responsible. Believers will be solely responsible. If, as a matter of fact, there are, there are so many evils, so most of the evils that are happening is because believers have not prayed. Because we have not what? We haven't prayed the way we should pray. All our prayers have been, Lord, give me a house. Lord, give me a car. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Those are Old Testament prayers. They are Old Testament prayers. They are Old Testament prayers. They don't count in the New Testament. In the New Testament, you are not supposed to pray those prayers. No. You are not. Go get yourself filled with the Holy Ghost. Those things will follow you. Hallelujah. Those things will do what? Will follow you. He said, if your son will ask for a fish, will you give him a scorpion? Will you give him a snake? Then he now said, how much more your father will give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask. Listen to that statement carefully. The church should wake up to that statement Jesus said. Hallelujah. So Jesus, so one of the things Jesus was asking us to ask in prayers is to ask for the feeling of the Holy Ghost. To ask for greater encounters with the Holy Ghost. To ask for greater feelings of the Holy Spirit. Well, which, which passage of the Bible tells when Jesus and the disciples pray for food? Did you see Jesus praying for food? Even when feeding the 5,000 and the food was not enough, what did Jesus say? Did you see? You see? So we have to look at the example of Jesus himself to determine what he was trying to tell us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said in Mark 11, 22, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it. He was talking about the old covenant men who were material men then. Material was Monday. Here, you see here, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. How much more shall your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Hallelujah. To those who ask. To those who ask. So, prayers that, in fact, as a matter of fact, you know, we have things that we do here in America. We buy something, we say this one is two in one, three in one, or four in one, all of that. If we will follow the model of Jesus here, how much more shall the Father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask? To those who ask. Meaning that if we encounter the Holy Ghost in greater dimensions, there are some material things you have no business praying for them. Those things will be added to you. Why? He knows that you need this. He knows. He said your Father knows that you need these things. Praise the Lord. So it's like in the house. Your children know, you know your children are hungry, they will eat. Is that not it? So there must be food. Food must be available. In the house of God, whatever you need, in the presence of God, it is there. It is there. Our inability to get into the presence of God is all these prayers we will be praying and all the acrobatic display we will be making. It is our inability to enter into the presence of God. Whatever you need is in His presence. Whatever you desire is in His presence. Praise the Lord. If you can be evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit 
to them that ask. So what food is to a carnal man? What bread is to the Old Testament believer? What a house, a car is to an Old Testament believer? That is what the Holy Ghost is to the New Testament believer. That if you will pray for the Holy Spirit, if you will pray to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, if you will pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit, no good thing will the Lord withhold from you. Grace and glory will He give. There's a change in the way we should pray. And we need to start praying that way. We need to start praying the new covenant prayers. So next time I'm going to show you examples of new covenant prayers. And you will see new covenant prayers started from the book of Acts of the Apostles. In fact, let me, as a matter of fact, let me show you one before we go. Go with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 13. In fact, the first prayer point, the first prayer in the New Testament started in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said unto them and when they heard that they lifted up their voice unto God with one accord and said Lord thou art the which made the heaven and the earth the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of the servant David has said why did the hidden rage and the people imagine vain things the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ of a truth against the Holy Child Jesus who thus anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Verse 28 For to do whatsoever the hand and their counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their treachery and grant unto their servants with all boldness that they may speak what the word. By stretching forth their hand to heal, to speak the, the, the word has to do with the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. To stretch his, his hands to heal. Is what? The manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child, Jesus. The feeling of what? The Holy Ghost. How much more shall your Father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask? Now, they said they shouldn't preach the gospel. They went and prayed. Their prayer was that they would have boldness to preach the gospel. Signs and wonders will be done. The name Jesus Christ will be glorified. Do you notice what happened to them next? When they had prayed, the place was shaken while they were assembled together. And they were all filled with what? The Holy Ghost. And spoke the word of God. How much more shall your father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask? To those who ask. How much more shall your father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask? Men who are full of the Holy Ghost have no... Have no they don't have time asking for material things. The material things follow them. Men who are full of the Holy Ghost are praying for the will of God to be executed. Not material things. Acts chapter 13, our time is up. Let me show you another prayer here. Acts chapter 13. Hallelujah. Are you there? Verse 1 to 3. And now they were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simon, that was called Nadia, and Lucio of Cyrene, and Manu, which has been brought up with Herod the Tetra, and so on. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Now, they call for prayer and fasting. They call for what? Prayer and fasting. What was the prayer point given? What was the prayer point here? He said, as they minister unto the Lord. They did what? As they minister unto the Lord. So they called for a church prayer. They called for a church fasting. And when they came, they all ministered unto the Lord. You see, you see, you see a change in the New Testament prayers? You see a change? First, they pray for the will of God to be done. 
signs and wonders, miracles, healers, deliverance. They wanted the will of God to take over that particular vicinity. And the only way to do that was through the gospel. Hallelujah. And here we see prophets, we see teachers, we see the church coming together. And their prayer point was what? Ministering to the Lord. Worshipping the Lord. Praising the Lord. The hour is coming. Now is that hour. Where true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So in the New Testament, prayer is essentially worshipping the Father, ministering to the Father, singing His praises, executing His will here on earth. That's what prayer is. Prayer is not asking and receiving. It's not asking and receiving. Asking and receiving material things is for kindergarten in the kingdom. It's for what? The kindergartens in the kingdom. They are the ones who ask and ask and ask. That's what children do. You see what Daniel is doing? He asks. He, is, he wants to receive. He wants this. He wants that. He wants. Children are looking for material things in prayers. Children are looking for what? Children are the ones looking for material things in prayers. The matured ones, they pray for the Holy Ghost. They ask for things. They ask for Holy Ghost. How much more? That's what Jesus was saying. I know you want fish. God will give you fish. I know you want meat. You want bread. You want this. But there's something greater than bread. There's something greater than fish. It is called the Holy Ghost. And Acts chapter 3, the Holy Ghost came down. Acts chapter 4, the Holy Ghost came down. The place was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a change in the New Testament prayer. There's a change in the New Testament prayer. Setting this in your heart. God knows what you need before you've been asking. He knows what you need. But my God shall supply all your needs. Don't waste time praying for material things. Don't waste time doing what? Don't waste time praying for material things. Pray out the will of God to be executed here on earth. Praise the Lord. In, in fact, there, there are some things in the New Testament that I'm going to show you that in fact, I've been asking God you know, to teach me how to pray these prayers. Because our prayers have been so limited. Our prayers have been so shallow. It's all asking. It's all giving. Asking, asking, asking for material things. Prayers has been reduced in the church to material things. So people come to all night because of material things. There's no agency. The place of worship is missing. The place of ministry to God is missing. Prayer is ministry to God. Ministry to God. Ministry to God. Blessed is the man whom that chooses and causes to approach unto him. He said, this man will be dwelling in the cause of God. This man will remain in the holiness of all. And in the holiness of all, he will be satisfied with the fatness that is in the holiness of all. You see the word fatness there? It has to do with the anointing. It has to do with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The New Testament prayers is essentially praying for continuous feeling of the Spirit of God. The New Testament prayers is what? Praying is essentially praying for continuous feeling of the Holy Spirit. The New Testament believer must pray for the will of God to be executed here on earth. That is the duty of the New Testament prayer warrior. Praying for what? The will of God to be executed in the life of men and women. When we do this, we will see greater results in our churches. When we do this, we will see greater results. When we do this, men will look at us and wonder at us. That's why says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to us. I'm just giving you two prayer points here in the New Testament. Right after the, the church was established, the church started in Acts of the Apostles. We saw them praying. The Holy Ghost came down. Acts chapter 13, we saw them calling for a fast in the church and there was no prayer point. They just came to minister to God in fasting. Through fasting. 
May God give you that grace. May God give you the grace to minister to him in prayers instead of asking for material things. Is it those who don't you like people like Bishop Oyeri for? He said, I have never prayed for a house. A house is not an issue to him. Never pray for a place. All these material things. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and give him thanks. Thank you, give him thanks. Hallelujah. Give him thanks. Receive grace to minister to God rather than asking for material things. That is what prayer is all about. Praise. Prayer is ministering to God. Prayer is worshiping. Prayer is worshiping God in spirit and in truth. That is what prayer is. That is what prayer is. Prayer is executing the will of God, the counsel of God. Praying for the counsel of God to be executed in nations, to be executed in Washington, executed in your country, your place. That is what prayer is. That is what prayer is. The church has not been praying the way the church should pray. That is what the world is suffering. That's what a lot of people are suffering. And on the judgment seat of Christ, the church will be held responsible for some of the atrocities that have been committed on this earth. The church will be held responsible. We need to repent and ask God to give us a new perspective about the new covenant prayers. As for material things, as you follow God, these material things will follow you. You pray like Jabez. Oh God, bless me indeed. Make me great. No. You become great automatically as you pray for the will of God to be executed here on earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We'll continue next week. We've not finished the foundation. We'll continue the foundation next week. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That is all about prayer.